Well, I wasn't born with Brad Pitt's good looks. Never been happy. Single picture I took. I don't get too many double takes, but I'll cook you dinner in a microwave. You're the queen of this park. And you're my king of this double Sure we ain't pretty enough to put on People Magazine Cause I was fat and I got skinny Now I'm kinda sitting here in between When we go out we stick out with all our redneck friends Well you might be a four You might be a six But together we're a ten all right, welcome to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. I'm Dusty Slay, and she is... Hannah Hogan. Hannah Hogan. So we're pumped to be here. we got a special episode. We had our very first guest on the podcast. His name is Joe Denham, and he is a country singer and a comedian. He writes uh, comedy songs. He has a song uh, out there uh, with uh, Rodney Carrington called uh, Cover of a Field and Stream, which is a parody of Cover of a Rolling Stone. It's very fun. It's a good time. It was really beautiful hanging out with him because I was in the studio as well. And it was nice to get a Nashville uh, musician turning comedian, and it felt like it was a real beautiful intertwining between Nashville comedy and Nashville music. Yeah, I felt like it was great, too. I mean, I love country music, so I love to be able to sit and talk to somebody about country music. I've never seen you more of, more in your element. Yeah. I, it mean, was, I was like, finally, we can really talk about country music. I know. <laughs> like, oh, this is why he loves Nashville. Yeah, most people don't get me, but people that love country music, <laughs> they get it. I mean, I've never seen you make so many references that I didn't understand that someone else totally knew, and yeah. just, you could just riff on it. I can I talk country music for a long time. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. So I enjoyed it. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. But we also want to give, you know, just talk about our weekends. Uh, This past weekend, Hannah was here in Nashville at Zany's again with Todd Berry and Joe Mackey. Yeah. Is it Mackey Mackey? Either way, dude's hilarious. I hear nothing but funny things. definitely Mackey. Mackey, okay. I remember... Uh, someone in the tech booth pronounced his name wrong. Yeah, I've heard of him, uh, you know, and he's very funny. And everyone I know talks about how funny he is. And you say that as well, right? Oh, he's hilarious. Yeah. He was absolutely hilarious. And he was she- hilarious in the green room. Like, he came in and he was just sitting with Todd Barry, And they just were riffing. I felt like I was in the comedy cellar, man. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. It was like I got that sneak peek of New York comedy. New York in Nashville. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. So that was happening. Uh, and Hannah had a great time there. Yeah. And then where are you going this weekend? This weekend I'm going to Indianapolis. Crackers. Crackers Comedy Club. A crackers Comedy Club. A favorite of mine. I love crackers. Crack and crackers. Love both of them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so she's going to be there with uh, Jimmy Pardo. No, not with Jimmy Pardo. You were there last time with him. You know, I should have done my research before I hopped on this podcast because I should know who that headliner is. We had looked him up the other we night. We did look him up last night. Let's see if I can just pull it up right here. Uh, Matt Holt. Matt Holt. Is who it is. And uh, yes. and I didn't have to look it up. I remembered. Matt Holt. So that's who you'll be with. I hear he's funny. He's an Indianapolis guy. The great thing about Crackers is I believe it is the only comedy club that I've worked at owned by a woman. Yeah. Big time. 
and her name's uh, Ruth Ann. Ruth Ann. Yeah, she owns the uh, and crackers. She is an OG. She's yeah, a, she's an OG. So I'm looking forward to going back there. That's great. I love it. I have a great time. Um, and uh, I was at uh, Chattanooga the Comedy Catch. I had a great time. I heard it was hot. Took Aaron Weber with me. Luke Martyr uh, was on the show. Uh, Eric Lonez. Uh, we had a great. We had great shows. I mean, I had a really good Thursday. And then Friday, pretty low turnout. They had River Band happening, pretty low turnout. A lot of musicians. Uh, and I was worried, but it was still a good show. Uh, but I was worried about Saturday. I was like, oh no, if Friday's like this, Saturday is going to be uh, slow too. But Saturday was jumping. And my sister came, my brother in law came, uh, my nephew, my, my, my mom. And they all work for the same company. And, and they live. Uh, the company at going to see your comedy shows, yeah, with yeah, with with the exception of my net, with, with my exception of my mom, they all live in uh, Chattanooga now, but they all work for the same company. So they invited all these people from that company to come, and they were great. They said up front, we had about I bet twenty people uh, from their group was there, and I appreciate them coming. That was great. Yeah, uh, they were great laughers. Then they bought merch, but on top of that. The rest of the place was full. It wasn't sold out, but it was packed. And we had a great show. And Luke Martyr is going to be on my show August 1st um, at uh, Zany's. And hopefully, hopefully, uh, Joe Denham is going to be on my show on August 1st doing some comedy songs. And this is not just any old comedy songs. I mean, these are songs that, I mean, these are on, on uh, I don't know, they're being played. You know what I mean? It's not like... It's not like these songs aren't being heard of right now. I mean, these songs are great. Yeah, but we're getting the word out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you got to check out Joe Denham. He was he put me on his show. He does a show at the War Memorial Auditorium, and he put me on his show there. It was a great time. Packed it out, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, this weekend, but back to Chattanooga, I had a great time. I loved it there. This was my best, honestly, my best week, my first weekend headlining there. Honestly, the best weekend I've had. That Saturday show was one of the best shows I've had in a long time, period. Uh, my friend Chris Clearman was there. Uh, and my sister is Jennifer, and she listens to the podcast. Uh, she said she did, so give her a shout-out. Gerald, Justin, my mom. Hey, fam. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're my family, too. Yeah, totally, because we're married to the each in-laws. other. They call yeah. it the in-laws. Yeah, and then um, let's see. Uh, and this weekend... Oh, Chris Clearman, and then my uh, Lenny's uh, uh, Jeff Jeff Sisselman came out, and uh, it was great to see him. Never met him before. He popped up. What does it feel like? Donnie Marsh be, came out. What does it feel like to be the headliner of a show? Like you know that no matter what, you kind of have to be the best, or at least the whole show has to be really good. Yeah, I feel like. I mean, it's an extra pressure that I'm not used to. I mean, I've been headlining a bit. You know what I mean? For the last couple of years, but not, you know, necessarily always the headliner. Uh, so it's different. I mean, it, uh, there is a different weight on your shoulders and I put unnecessary weight on my shoulders. I mean, I actually felt like that since my sister brought all of her friends from work, that if the show didn't go well, then I would be making my sister look bad. That's an unnecessary pressure that I don't need to put on myself. But I think that's a real thought everyone would have. Yeah, maybe so. But I, but I definitely, uh, you know, I'll add any pressure I can find on there, you know, but that's why it's satisfying when you rise to the challenge and you do what you do best. Absolutely. 
And, uh, and that's what you did this weekend. And there was a lot of people who came back to see me, who had seen me the last time I was there. They came back, and that was nice. I took some pictures with some people. Some pictures I took before the show. <laughs> it was like I was a real celeb. Oh, you know before, what I mean? the, before show the show photos. Who are you? I know. I know. Got that white hat. You're yeah. recognizable. I went to uh, a few people from uh, a, comp- a restaurant called Feed. Came to my show on Thursday, so me and Aaron went and had lunch. We saw them at a bar later. Uh, we hung out at the CBC, the Chattanooga Billiards Club. I bought a cigar from the uh, uh, Burns Tobacco uh, next to that. Great place. We went to Feed. We saw them at the CBC. They invited us over for Saturday. We went over to Feed, had some sloppy joes. We should be tagging all of these businesses in this yeah, episode. absolutely. You give in Chattanooga establishment. Yeah, I had a good time. You know, we were going to go to the aquarium, but honestly, the aquarium seemed so busy and so popular that we were like, we don't even want to go. Everyone says the aquarium about Chattanooga. It's great. Okay. It's great. They don't, they don't say good things. I just prefer the strip malls. Oh, okay. That's just, yeah. I like to just go find a Panera and just kind of be suburban. Well, I really had a good time, and I really think Chattanooga is doing some stuff right now. I mean, it continues to grow. It's I, so pretty, oh, too, in the hills. I went and had uh, a Reuben at, uh, what's the Irish pub where they have the comedy show? Fang. Nah, that's not Sing it. Fang. Nah, nothing like that. <laughs> um, it's an Irish place, but they have... Um, we need to get you a laptop and you could be looking up things. I got a laptop right over there, boo. Where we, you could be looking up things. I can see the laptop. Feed Company Table and Tavern is what the one's called. And then this one is called The Honest Pint. That doesn't even sound Irish. That sounds like an Americanized version of Irish. Well, I enjoyed it. They had a good Reuben and, uh, and I, I just ate well and I hung out and so I you went to a Irish pub for barbecue in the South. A, a, a what did I say? Reuben. A Reuben. That's corned beef. That's or beef? Or pastrami. Is that not barbecue? Does it have to be actually barbecued? And is that not barbecue? Barbecue and corned beef and pastrami are so far from being the same thing. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what animal is pastrami? I mean, it's beef, but most barbecue is pork. You can get beef brisket, but there's all... I disagree ki- with that definition of barbecue. I think barbecue is not pork. I think it's whatever yeah. is at that barbecue. That's barbecue. If you're barbecuing oh. it, it's oh, you're, barbecue. Well, if you're talking about having a barbecue at your house, that's one thing. But if you <laughs> go to a restaurant that's a barbecue restaurant, All right. that's pork. Alright, so you did something totally normal. You went to an Irish pub be, and had may be, nah, we can't. There may be some chicken in there. There may be some beef. But it's barbecue is mostly pork. And, and I think pastrami can be pork. But I went for the beef, either pastrami or corned beef on a Reuben. Then you have sauerkraut and a Russian or Thousand Island dressing. That sounds like good barbecue to me. <laughs> I mean, mm. even Canada has a lot of barbecue, and it's it's mostly pork. You yeah, because barbecue, that's, that's why I'm speaking on it. You right, know, there's but, barbecue everywhere. But that's you, why just because you live in the south, you you invent barbecue. Well, that's there why are I, cities around the south that act like that. To be honest with you, and it pisses me off. Well, every city you invent this. This is just fire and meat. Every city thinks their barbecue is the best. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're you like, go to Kansas City, and I'm like, Kansas you're in the middle city. of the country. What do you know about anything? Well, they they would know about. Well, it. they just claim they do. I'm just saying, Kansas City, Memphis, uh, South Carolina. Uh, Everybody's always bragging on it. But to be fair, 
the barbecue is great in all those places. Yeah, I mean, because I just think it's a good dish. Didn't we have barbecue in Kansas City? Yeah. Yeah, we enjoyed it. We had barbecue in my hometown. We sure did. With that Canadian barbecue. Yeah, none of them were anything like a Reuben. We never had anything like a All Reuben right. in there. All right. I guess I just don't know that much about Reubens. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I would be sad about it. I mean, it's something to be sad about, you know? I mean, really, really just... Just get down about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But you had a great weekend. I'm sort of bummed us out. Yeah. It was very fun. And then um, this weekend, I'm going to be at the Comedy Club of the Outer Banks in Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. Uh, What? Kill Devil Hills. I know. Crazy name. But yeah. Wait, is that what it's called? Yeah. I know. Kill... Devil Hills. Yeah. That's crazy. It is crazy. Why would anyone want to live there? Imagine you just go into well buy clothes and they ask you for your email address when you get retail. And you're like, yeah, 8666 Kill Devil Hills. <laughs> like, anyway, yeah, I I'm, added too much at this yeah, part. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But I don't know what I, I'm saying. I don't, I'm not saying that I enjoy the name of it, but people live there because it's on the Outer Banks. It's, it's near the water. It's a beachy town and uh, it's mo- a lot of tourists. So that's, what's going to be at the show is tourist. Right. And you've been there before. Been there last year. I had a good time. And then, uh, Saturday. So yeah, it'll be the comedy club of the Outer Banks. So if you're out there, I'll be there. Actually, this podcast will be out on Wednesday and I'll have already done one show. We're recording this on Monday, but it'll be out on Wednesday. Tuesday, I'll be at the Outer Banks, and then then Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, I'll be in Richmond. Oh no, Williamsburg, Virginia, uh, at the Comedy Club of Williamsburg. When am I going to see you again? Well, I don't know. I, um, I just asked can, that because we might not be in a podcast together. Because if I well, going and you're gone, yeah, we may not. Next time we put out one, it may be just one of us. This summer, I got a lot of road trips coming up. So yeah. the, the format's going to change, but I think it'll be good. Maybe you should try to get some, or we should try to get some musicians and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm down. Have, have some more guests because the guest this week was so fun. That was very fun, and that was what's going to come next. Uh, Joe Denham is up next. Um, uh, as always, you can find us at uh, you know dustyslay.com. I got a fresh new website, and I put all the podcast up on that site. It'll be on iTunes. I tried to get it on some other stuff like Stitcher and Google Play. I don't know if it happened or not. Uh, they didn't send me an email letting me know it's on there, but I don't know. It could be. But it's on iTunes uh, and on the website. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram at Dusty Slay, uh, and on Facebook, Dusty Slay. Hannah is MissHannahHogan.com, Miss Hannah Hogan on Twitter and Instagram, and also Hannah Hogan on Facebook. Deceptively, though, I am married, so it's actually more Right, Mrs., she but. is married. And then, all right, so we're going to go ahead and play uh, the clip, uh, the, the interview that we did today. It's a longer podcast than what we normally do, but it's worth it because Joe Denham's great. He may be on my show August 1st, and he plays a song uh, on the podcast and find out why they call him Joe Denham. His Instagram is at Real Joe Denham. Facebook, uh, at Denham Joe, but the name is Joe Denham. Twitter, Denham Joe, and the website is JoeDenham.com. And thanks for tuning in. Check this out. We're having a good time. Cause I was fat and I got skinny, now I'm living the American dream. 
Welcome to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name's Dusty Slay. I got Hannah Hogan here. Hey. We only have two microphones, so Hannah's in the distance because we have a special guest. We have Joe Denham here with us, who is a uh, musician here in Nashville. Uh, great musician. Plays the piano, which is something I'd always like to do. So great. And then uh, he also does comedy songs. He does great comedy songs. We have uh, we have songs like uh, Truck Buddies that I listened to the other day. Liked it. Bubba Garcia's great song. Together We're a 10. Oh, new song. That's a hit. Let's bring Joe Denham in. And uh, so he can... Hey, hey, how's it going, Dusty? Yeah, having a great time. I heard you talking outside about me. Yeah. That's good. It's yeah. Good to be here. Yeah, well, I listened to... Uh, a lot of your songs the other day. I I, I listened to uh, all the ones on Spotify that I could find. Okay, what was your what, which one didn't you like? What was the one that you were like, eh, not so much? Well, verse and chorus. Which I one? listened to a bunch of them, and I don't you know I I don't want to say that there's one that I didn't like, but uh, there was uh, what was the there was one, but I tell you the one that I liked the most. I okay. think was uh, cover of a field and stream. Oh, now that's a hit. Now. Uh, Part of the reason I just realized today that Rodney Carrington is also on the song. I mm-hmm. didn't recognize his voice, yeah. but I like the song "Cover of a Rolling Stone," and so, I think that's fun. And I don't know a lot of people that know that song, so the fact that you parried it, I was like, "That's great." So the great Steve Cropper, you're familiar with Steve Cropper? I don't know Steve. He Cropper. wrote uh, "Sitting on the Dock of the Bay." Okay, produced. The, he was in the Blues Brothers, and he. Uh, was the producer at uh, Stax over in Memphis, so he was had his hand on everything from Otis Redding all the way through that whole era. Uh, Rod Stewart, uh, just tons of huge records. I literally got an email from him, and he said, "I'd like to write a song with you." And I was like, "Wow, you must be looking for someone else's phone number. Why is Steve Cropper calling me?" He had heard another parody that I had done that was uh, crazy, and uh, said, "I want to do this parody of the Doctor Hook." Uh, song yeah and he said i got this idea and he said i noticed you're a hunter and you like to fish he said let's write this song called cover the field stream and i'm like that is brilliant so i got to write with him and there was another fellow on the uh song called brian mabry who works with steve and we wrote this song and it was so much fun and i i played it for rodney rodney's a good friend and rodney's like i'm dropping what i'm doing fly to tulsa uh let's record that at the church i need to be on that song so yeah, and it's great. I mean, it's a, it's. Re- I mean, it, it feels. I mean, because the cover of Rolling Stone already feels like a bit of a comedy song. Shel Silverstein was brilliant. Yeah, in every level. So that's that was the that was the thing. It was kind of like a uh, a tribute to him. Yeah, as well as a you know a parody, but the, he's on the song. So yeah, and uh, and and Rod. You know, I mean, I've listened to Rodney Carrington for a while, a long time, and then so when I realized that today, I was like, oh, that's great. Wait, Rodney Carrington, he is absolutely one of the funniest human beings I've ever met in my life. I've never met him, but, uh, but I, yeah, I mean. Can I tell you a quick Rodney story? Absolutely. He calls me, um, I don't know, last summer, and he says, hey, I'm flying in. I'm finishing up a show in Louisville, and I'm fly- he flies everywhere on his little jet. He said, I'll be in Nashville in 30 minutes. I'm like, all right. He said, meet me downtown. So we go downtown to the Omni, and he said, uh, I want to have a little lunch, or I'm sorry, a little dinner. It was late at night. And he said, I want to smoke cigars and drink whiskey. So I'm like, I know a spot. So I took him around the corner from the Omni down to John Rich's place on Broadway. Um, it's that little, right above. Uh, the Redneck Riviera, is that what that's no, called? No, this was before that was, it was right before, it was called The Spot. Okay. Still The Spot. And it's right above uh, Paradise Park. So you go up there and it's like this little private deal and you got to pay to get in and a fingerprint and an eyeball to look in the door. Uh, um I had a fake head in my bag, so I, <laughs> yeah. you know, we got we got in, and we're up there, and um, 
we proceeded to just, you know, smoke cigars and drink whiskey all night. We got to be about four thirty in the morning. And I say to Rodney, I'm like, look, dude, I probably need to get back to the house. I got to go. I got a big day tomorrow. He's like, all right. Now the Omni down to paradise park is what? Three blocks, maybe three blocks. And he says, well, we need to get an Uber back to the hotel. I'm like, dude, you can walk. It's like right there. I'll walk with you. He goes, I'm not walking anywhere. We need an Uber. So I get an Uber and we're standing out in the street, 4.30 in the morning. And Rodney sees the sign that says, world's biggest hamburger at the Paradise Park. Now those things are literally oh, 14 inches tall. They're, yeah. they're huge. It's 10 hamburgers with all the fixings in between. He decides we need three of those. <laughs> one for me, one for him, and one for the Uber driver. You just can't give rednecks money. You know no, I mean? you can't. It's rednecks with money. It's like, <laughs> it's a perfect scenario of that. Anyway, we drove around uh, Lower Broadway for literally half an hour while Rodney was watching this guy try to drive his car and eat his. <laughs> and there was just stuff falling everywhere. It looked like somebody spilled a salad in the front seat. And Rodney's literally throwing hundreds of dollars at him until he just keep driving around. Wow. And we finally, the guy goes, where do you guys want to go? And Rodney's like, the Omni. <laughs> we passed it 12 times. And Rodney's like, you're not done with your hamburger. I mean, my cheeks hurt every time I hang out with that guy. He's just absolutely so funny. What a great Uber ride. I mean, if you're the Uber driver, you're getting hundreds thrown yeah, at you and, and Rodney doesn't getting free food. Rodney doesn't understand how Uber works. I'm like, I've already paid the guy. My credit card is in charge. He's like, I don't care. This is great entertainment. But he's so funny. Oh, yeah. I love that. I mean, yeah, when you got that kind of like John Rich, it's funny that you mentioned him. He came, I hosted for Jeff Ross one time. I love and Jeff uh, Ross. John Rich came to the show. Okay. And after the show, he came up and he shook my hand. And in my in his hand was a wad of money. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being 180 bucks. Yeah. That I was like, oh. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Thank you, it's John. My, my first hosting gig at Zanies. I thought, this is how it's going to be every time. Yes. Country stars will come and throw money at me every time. You just got to invite him to everything. Yeah. So far, John Rich is the only one to give me that money. <laughs> and he's the only one that wears a fur coat in the summertime in <laughs> yeah. Nashville. Yeah. But it's John. So. Yeah. So, um, so I, I want to ask this because you... Uh, have these comedy songs, which are very funny, and you also play music, and you can play guitar, you can play piano. I imagine that you can play other things because you play those. Like what? What makes you uh, want to do comedy? I mean, because I'm just from my standpoint, I'm like, if I could play guitar and play piano, I'd probably never tell a joke again. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, I came to town to play the B3 organ and piano. That was my thing. I was classically trained uh, piano player, and uh, I wanted to go on the road and play rock and roll. So I joined a band when I was 18 back in Ohio um, and ran around for a while and just decided I had friends that came to Nashville. So I was just like, well, I'll talk to them and see how they did it. So they said, look, come to town, join some bands, go out and play on the road. Not a lot of piano players and definitely not a lot of B3 players. So I went on the road with a ton of guys. Um, we did a lot of big tours. Um Open for Toby Keith, open for Kenny Chesney with Uncle Cracker. I mean, just a ton of big shows, you know, and had a blast at it. But I always, even, you know, in college and stuff, you know, my Monday mornings after being in bars all weekend was to come back and tell all the dirty jokes that I'd heard. I just, it was something I did since I was a kid. And um, if you're familiar with the far side, the Gary Larson thing. Yeah. uh, That's, that's my, that's what happens in my brain every time. Okay. So, yeah. 
I can't shut it off. <laughs> I relate to that. You know what I mean? Everything yeah. comes from that third perspective, weird, and I just, I've never been able to get away from that. So, um, I don't try to be funny. It just comes out weird and funny. Um, and I play music. So it's just like, I can't get away from either one of them. So I just thought, well, might want to just embrace it, you know? Yeah. If you could just bring it together. Bring it together. That's and, the thing. Harnessing it. And it's not all country. I mean, you got you got some country, but I was listening. You got uh, uh, the Pink Flamingo Blues. <laughs> My favorite song ever. I think that's great. I just listened to that this morning. It wasn't on Spotify. I found that on YouTube, yeah. and uh, I think that's great. And then All About That Bass mm-hmm. is, uh, <laughs> is a fun parody. I mean, because I already like that song, All About That Bass, but I like it for the way it sounds, Yeah, not necessarily the lyrics. So to change it to more country lyrics. Yeah, well, really, I hear things and see things different and wrong most of the time. So I literally, when I saw it first come out, I thought, All About That Bass. Hmm. Never yeah. thought it was all about that. <laughs> right. just, I miss a lot of the important things. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So. All about that bass, no crappy. Is that that's what it <laughs> I mean, it's funny, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, treble, treble hooks, you know, it's it's great. Yeah. Um and uh, let's see. So you're from Ohio? I was born in Indiana. Okay. And then I moved over to Ohio and uh, grew up there. What part of Indiana? Yeah. So I was born in Warsaw, Indiana, just okay. north of Fort Wayne. Okay. Um, Been to Fort Wayne. Yeah. It's a great place to leave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, started out there and then I grew up on a dairy farm okay. in Ohio. Well, Fort Wayne is a, is a weird spot. I did a show there in, it called Snicker, a club called Snickers. Snickers and, and the, uh, uh, Canterbury, whatever plaza. Yeah. I don't know right where you're at. Yeah. And we did, we had great shows mm-hmm. and then everybody laughed. Mm-hmm. And then at the end I'm standing there with, I wasn't headlining. I was standing there with the headliner. We had a little bit of merch, mm-hmm. but no one even made eye contact with us the whole time. It's like, as they were leaving, it's like, you can't even say bye. Like, we just had a good shared experience yeah. here. Mm-hmm. I'm selling a $10 CD. You don't have to get it. Yeah. yeah. So I think they're weird. So then you move to a dairy farm mm-hmm. in Ohio. The funny thing about Fort Wayne is when people come off the shows, I, I literally would say, you know, it's a packed house. Who's running the auto zone right now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. They were in a yeah. hurry to get back to those. But yeah, so went over to uh, Ohio, uh, right around Delphus, Lima area, which is a, it makes Fort Wayne look like a metropolis. Okay. And grew up in a little town called Vaughnsville, which okay. had uh, 298 people in it. Wow. And, uh, I always make the joke that the, uh, the road sign for the town was double-sided. It was that little. It was just this tiny little burg. But, uh, yeah. Wow, I did a place that was 527 people in the town, and I thought that was small. Well, well if you... they all showed up, you got something going yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you split that, 298 people. Yeah, I said, and it's down to like two, uh, well, probably 297 now that I Yeah, left. you left, but, yeah. yeah. So I'm not good with math. But uh, anyway, uh, Holstein Farm, Milk Farm, you know, Dairy Farm, just had a blast with that. And... You know, my dad owns a Black Angus farm, and he always says that about the the Chick Fil A cows. He's like, "Why are these cows worried about getting eaten? No one's eating dairy cows, you know. No, they're milk cows. It's so <laughs> right. funny. It's funny you'd say that. And those Black Angus, you know, those things are. That's, I mean, they're made to be. Yeah, they're just. Yeah, they're made to be eaten, and the dairy cows are out they do. doing their work for them. Exactly. We got milk and meat. Yeah, they're dipping uh, fried chicken figures down in milk <laughs> before they fry them. I mean, the cow, the whole stage are making out on the deal. If you think about it, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're really they got they got an agenda going. Like yeah. we know you can spell. They're smart, very smart. <laughs> and uh, um, so, and then you. When did you move to Nashville? Um, see, I uh, graduated college up there with a marketing degree, and uh, did my research and figured out that I'd have to show up on time, and 
go to an office. And I thought, well, that's not going to work. So as soon as I got done with college, I moved to Nashville. Okay. Went on, uh, you know, went on the road, started playing music and just kind of never looked back. So, so I know that, um, and we had talked about this a little bit, just kind of like living in Nashville as a comic mm-hmm. is much different than as a musician. I'm sure. I mean, one reason, uh, most, there's a million stages around here and most of them don't want comedy to touch them. And it's uh, weird, right? Yeah. And well, to some degree, I get it. We have a lot of bad comedy here too. Uh, but we also have, yeah, some uh, of us on music row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> But is that, uh, I mean, like coming, I mean, I imagine it's got to be hard to, to make money in Nashville, but I, is it pretty easy to play? And that, like, if you want to go down Broadway, I'm sure there's somebody like, yes, we need a guitar player. It, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, how long have you been in Nashville? Four years, four okay. and a half. Okay. So I got here. It, it has really changed, uh, tremendously in the last 10 years. I okay. mean, like tremendously. When I first got here about, uh, 16 years ago, there was a little, um, hole in the wall in printer's alley called fiddle and steel. And that's where everybody went. That's where all the road guys went. So you had your road players from the Toby Keith band, the Tim McGraw band, um, Merle Haggard band. I mean, any band, uh, the players would go to this little place called fiddle and steel and they just get up and jam. You go in there on Monday night and Toby Keith would come walking in. John Rich would come walking in. All these different guys would come in to find players for the road. Um, and right next to that was a bar called uh, the Bourbon Street Boogie Bar, which is still there, which is where John Rich found Gretchen Wilson. She was a waitress okay. there. And I, wow. I, I knew her when she was slinging drinks there. Yeah. You know? And uh, that was that little printer's alley was where all the – no tourists. They didn't even know about it. It was just all musicians. So if you wanted a gig, you'd get down there and hang out, and you'd jump up and play the piano, and somebody would be like, oh, my God, you played the piano? And 16 years ago, there was seven working road keyboard players in this town. Wow. Seven. So there was a huge demand for it. So it was easy to get a gig as a musician then. Now the secret's out, and it's just like you can find a piano player on it. Oh, record. Yeah. Um, As Alan Jackson says, he's gone country. Everybody's gone country. (laughs) Yes. Look at them boots. Yeah. Um, But it has. It's changed a lot now. Now we have so much talent here. It's it's getting harder and harder. Um, But for guys that have been here and kind of set up and solidified, we're okay. Yeah. But like the comedy thing, it's like, you know, um, unless you're on a bus, you know, fortunately we were on tour buses and planes and jets on big tours, but... Man, the, the comedy grind is so, so hard. You know, I got some comedy guys that I work with and write with, and they were telling me, and I'm like, you remember Tim Wilson? Yeah. Okay, so Danny Simpson. I'd never met him, but. I sat with him two days before he had his heart attack, and we yeah. sat, we talked, and we're like, okay, we're going to take over the world. Um, and then, you know, we didn't, but the guy that wrote all that stuff with him, Danny Simpson, wrote for my publishing company for two years and we got to really talk and get to know each other. And we wrote a lot of great stuff together. Um, but he was telling me about some of the stuff that him and Tim would go through. And I'm like, my God, I mean, <laughs> you should be on buses. You should oh, be yeah. Pets. You know, and he's like, no, we're in, you know, the pickup truck and we're living in a, in a band house. You know? Oh yeah. I, I mean, I do comedy every weekend and my car has 300,000 miles on it. You know I mean? It's uh when, you, when I hear Rodney Carrington's flying around in a jet, you know, oh, it's it makes me pretty envious. What kind of car do you have? I got a Volvo. I have a not fitting to my personality. It's my uh, 
to, to how I hide. I, see, I, I see you drive like a jacked up, you know, Chevy <laughs> I know. truck with a huge stovepipe on the back. I wish. You just burn it out. Every you know, year. funny, when I turned 16, my dad bought me a car. He bought me. He bought me a four-door Saturn uh-huh. uh, with uh, gray bumpers, five-mile-per-hour bumpers is what they was call it them. Was it maroon? Uh, it was blue. Oh, okay. it was baby blue. Well, it was a little darker blue. But my sister, <laughs> I, have a, I have a younger sister. She turned 16. He bought her jacked-up truck, got roll bars, got everything. Even she – now, I'm from Alabama, and uh, she has a Confederate flag on the back, and it says Rebel Queen on the back, right? And uh, and she's graduated high school now, and she's going to college, and I've talked to her about – I said, you know, we're, we're in a different time now, and uh, I think she's taking that down. But uh, but uh, in the small town where, where we're living at, I mean – that's fine. Where they live at. Yeah. And uh, yeah. uh but I just think that's funny. Contrast, he bought my sister the truck I feel like he should have bought me. I really think we should have a talk with him. By I the think way, so. your, your sister sounds hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah, she does rodeos and, and she does you know, barrel racing and, and all that kind of stuff and wow. I, I think my sister is the son my dad always wanted. Yeah. You know, and, he, he named her Russell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's uh, it's it's just a grind. Um, and you know, for musicians and comedy across the country, it's like, um, I think it's in a good place. Though, I mean, you're obviously taking off. I think you know, jets and planes are going to be in your future sooner. Than yeah, later. I hope so. I got I. Uh, I was looking at some stuff. I found a thing that you, a song that you co-wrote mm-hmm. for another guy, and I forgot his name, uh, but uh, it was called "Pray for You." Oh yeah! And I thought, well, this is a serious song <laughs> until the chorus came around, and I go, okay, there it is. There's the jokes. There the jokes come. So that was Jaron Lowenstein, and um, he was of the uh, pop band Evan and Jaron. If okay. you remember, it was crazy for this girl. Um, it's one of those guys that. You go, oh, yeah, that song, you know. It's just everyone's heard it a million times. It's a huge song back around 2000. And he came to town and said, I'm going to be a country star. And I'm like, okay, sleeping on a buddy's couch who lived three doors down from me. And um, he said, you know, I got this idea. I'm going to take over this town. And I'm like, that's not how it works. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I had just gotten off a bus and... um, I had that same idea. You know, yeah. well, it can work, maybe. But everybody does. You know, 100,000 people come here every year, uh, maybe more than that now, going, I'm going to take over this town. I'm going to show my sky. I got a rich uncle, and I'm going to do this. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, okay, maybe not. Yeah, me and Hannah have been pushed out to Hendersonville. We I can't, know. Uh, we can't afford to live in the yeah. metro area. They're talking about building a wall down there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... We, so, get, we get pushed right out. Exactly, exactly. So uh, anyway, he's like, I'm going to take over the world. And I'm like, okay, all right. And then we, he said, let's write songs. And I'd show up to write songs. And he'd just sit there and play me all these songs that were done. And I'm like, well, um, that's not how. He's like, I don't normally co-write. I'm like, I can see that. <laughs> songs are done. <laughs> so we got to talking. And we were beating around a bush on an idea. And uh, we started talking about uh, Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm who I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. He has that whacked out perspective. And uh, he said, man, let me tell you about this Larry David scenario I had in LA because that's where he's from. And the story came out of pray for you about this guy who was sarcastic saying, you know, I'll pray for you. But he was hoping that a lot of bad things happened. And I'm like, well, there's the song idea. Let's write that. So we sat down and compared notes on our exes and 
I basically was coming at it from a Warner Brothers cartoon. Oh, yeah. Remember when you saw Yosemite Sam going down the hill and his eyes were like the size of yeah. plates? I'm like, that's just pandemonium. Yeah, and stuff falling out of the window, falling on their heads. Yeah, and that nobody kind of ever got hurt. Yeah, right. It was like Wiley Coyote. So I said, if we ride it like that. And I made him listen to, uh, he hadn't heard the song by the Rolling Stones uh, called Girl with Faraway Eyes. And if you haven't heard it, make a note. It's the greatest song ever. Okay, I will. We I've listened never to heard it. That. I made him listen to it 15 times. And I said, if we can capture the sarcasm of Mick Jagger talking about the TV evangelist, and we'll have a hit. And we wrote it on a Sunday, and uh, it became a double platinum record, and it's still just gone crazy. So had a lot of fun with it. So, so do you think that you get the same uh, satisfaction out of writing a song and hearing someone else, uh, uh, hear, seeing it be a hit, like knowing that you had a part of writing that, or when you do it yourself like I, I mean like if i write someone a joke mm-hmm. and they go and they do it the way i told them to do it mm-hmm. and then it gets them a laugh especially if they're not getting laughs on any of their other jokes uh-huh. it really makes me feel good that's a great question um i think it's a little bit of both i mean the most gratifying moment for me as a musician and a writer was when we were in mystic lake casino on tour with a bunch of other country acts and all, and backstage, we were talking. You know, "Pray for You" was huge. It was on the charts, and we were talking about. Um, we were taking bets on the fact of. We said, "Look, we bet that the entire audience will be able to sing every word of our song, not just the chorus." And these other country acts were like, um, "Yeah, not going to happen." Yeah. People in our world learn the chorus, and that's it. They just learn the chorus, and that's fine. So we all put our money on a road case, and we all chipped in a hundred bucks, and we're sitting there going, "Okay, let's see." So we walked out there. And we told the crowd of about 5,000 people, we said, uh, these other acts bet us that you guys didn't know all the words to our song. And of course they go crazy. And you know, all the other acts are, you know, your peers are standing on the side of the stage watching. Yeah. And they didn't think we'd do it, you know, but we pretty much do whatever we (laughs) are dared to do. And 5,000 people sang the entire song from the first word to the last word. We never even made a sound. We just played the music. Wow. 5,000 people singing it. What song was it that they sang? It was Pray For, Pray for You. Yeah. Okay. And it was just, it was, it was crazy. So, yeah, I imagine that if you wrote or, you know, co-wrote a song that 5,000 people know the words to and are yeah. singing, that's pretty gratifying. And the stories after every show, we were on the, uh, we were opening for Toby Keith on the American Ride Tour. And that the autograph lines at the end of the night were just ridiculous. And people would come up with the most insane stories about how they related to that song. And it was just, I mean, you had policemen, you had housewives, you had, I mean, lawyers, you had, everybody had a story about. And I always asked him, I said, where, where were you when you heard that song? And everybody went, well, I was pulling outside of the grocery and I was sitting, I literally sat in my car and I was like, what is this? And it's like, everybody remembered exactly where they were. So I don't know. That's just to, to strike that kind of chord. I want to, yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's got that song has that feel that the old I think it's Joe Diffie, the old prop me up beside the jukebox song. Yeah. Like he the whole beginning, the first verse is like, Oh, this is a very serious yeah, song. This guy's serious. And then it hits and then it drops. Yeah. Yeah. It's the hook. And and that's missing in country music today. It's missing in music, period. Um, and that's the kind of thing that I grew up on, the Ray Stevens stuff, you know. Oh yeah. Roy oh, Clark. I yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean there's so much I mean, I grew up, I was born in 82, and so I grew up, you know, my early years listening to late 70s, early 80s music. Oh, yeah. The best music ever, I think. But the, the, the music that, I mean, I really was raised on was 90s country. Okay. Which some people, depending on where you're at, will say that's where it began to, to go downhill, in a sense. But 
I love it. I mean, I love the '90s. But Ray Stevens, uh, the Squirrel in Church, the Streak. I mean, those. I love those. Ahab, the Arab. Yeah. And it was like '90s still had, and I'm a huge fan of the '90s because you had storylines, you had melodies, and storylines. Yeah. And and it's like you can't uh, discredit that because right now that's. I mean, that's another thing that's we're working off of um, loops and beats. And oh yes. Yeah. Um, and you know, in Nashville, they've always had the saying, you know, it's three chords in the truth. And now I say it's three chords in the loop. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. Yeah. We're going to get back to the real country because that's real music. You know, that's what people want to hear. So, yeah, totally. I mean, I think you see it. There's a lot of, uh, musicians that are like there, you don't hear them on the radio, mm-hmm. but they're doing good things and people really like them and they're like, and they're selling out, yeah. uh, you know, the Ryman and things yeah. like that. Yeah. The, uh, Sturgill Simpsons of the world and. Uh, Homer Simpsons. Yeah. I just yeah, made that yeah. <laughs> But yeah, speaking of, we had this thing that we should talk about. We okay. had a series called Truck Buddies. Okay. And it's a, it was a deal we did at Zany's. And it was where we were blending. Zany's Comedy Club. Great comedy club. Great comedy club. Those guys are awesome. And we did it a few times. But we uh, hit the road after that. I don't think we put the focus on it. We needed to. But it was blending the comedy and the music. And that's something that was uh, a lot of fun. It was basically everything we're talking about. Yeah, well, I think we should try to revisit that. I think we should. Because we have a fair amount of good comedy musicians in town, like Rick Roberts. Uh, He does uh, – I actually have – I actually haven't heard Rick Roberts' comedy songs, but I just had him on my last show just doing straight Mm stand-up. Very funny. I had a guy named Ed Wiley on there. He's from South Georgia, Goat Farmer from South Georgia. Well, that's funny enough as is. You know, they've got the uh, goat yoga down there. Oh, yeah. Where the guy gets to be on top. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if that's true. It might be West Virginia. Yeah, that's a Hannah-type joke. That's what's been missing from this podcast. Where Uh, is Hannah? Yeah. (laughs) I'm right here. Actually, I have a question. Okay, questions. Here we go. Um, okay, so uh, you were just speaking on uh, how country music has changed, and I was just wondering what has led to, uh, as as maybe you were kind of like the demise of like good old country, and and led to this kind of pop invasion, or or the current uh, country music that's on the radio. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, comes good question, down. Anna. What's that? Sorry, I said, great question. Man. Great question. Yes, where you're from? First time caller. <laughs> uh, I think it comes into when you start getting huge sponsors involved. They want to start collecting data. Not to get too deep on it, but mm. it's 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 they're going after the huge demographic, mm. and the demographic with money is the people that grew up on '90s country. You know, they have money to spend. Um, so I think it's it's changing back to you know now they're chasing the you know they thought they were chasing the dollar, but those people don't have the dollars to spend. So right. it comes down to they got to get back to, you know, that's why you're seeing, you know, Foreigner and Sticks and Aaron Tippin and all those guys that were huge in the 90s are back out touring and they're selling out. Yeah. Because you know, those are the people with the money. But I think what, what made that transition was sponsor dollars came in and tried to steer them to the younger audience. Oh, Aaron Tippin. We always made fun of Aaron Tippin a little bit because I, I loved him, but we always yeah. made, he's like the working man. Yeah. Every song's like, I'm working and my car doesn't work, but they've got a good radio. And he used to put together a bike on the stage while he was singing the song. Did oh, you ever wow. see his live show? He'd sit there and put together a bike and then donate it to a kid. But we, he had, he was the first one to have a little Garth Brooks headset. That's oh, where Garth Brooks got the idea. Okay. It was from Aaron Tippin. He was busy putting together a bike on the stage while he was singing. Wow. To prove he was a working Oh, man. yeah. 
And he had this weird song. He had this one line that I always think is funny. He's, it's, it's a song about where he's, I don't know, I guess he's fixing stuff at a lady's house. And he says, I could touch your hand accidentally and take that moment home. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, Aaron Tippin. He meant to say trailer. He didn't mean home. He meant trailer. But yes, uh, Aaron's great. But that's the kind of stuff that, you know, you're, how many years ago was that? And you're still thinking about that song. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean the, the Garth Brooks, the George Straits, I mean, those are the people that I, I mean, in the night, I, even you know John Michael Montgomery. Uh, I mean Joe Diffie, Shenandoah. If you go to anywhere, uh, if you go to a Shenandoah concert, Shenandoah you, still makes me about cry when I hear a song. Like, I know, and if you go, you know, you'll go see three or four thousand people sing every word, yeah. and that's how you know real. That that's how you know it was real music. You know, so yeah. I mean, there's a few out there that I that I like now because I I'm listening to I don't I have a car with just a CD player and so I'm like I listen to regular radio a lot. Yeah. So there is some stuff out there that's good. Who do you like? Who's doing it for you? Right. Well, now? I don't even know any names, but you know I like that that song. All right, the uh, but it'll buy me a boat. Oh yeah, Chris Jansen. Yeah. He is the biggest fan of real country music on the planet. Yeah, I think that song's pretty fun. Uh, w- let's see. Um, oh man, I don't even know. I mean, I like a lot of. The guy that you've been listening to in the car. Oh well, there's a Nashville guy, um, Josh Headley. Oh, love Josh. That CD, I just bought that. I he had he had headlined like we did a thing in East Nashville. I did comedy, and then right after me, he came up and did some songs. And I had seen him at uh, uh, Roberts. Oh yeah, uh, a few times. And so when the CD came out, I was like, I'm going to get this. And it really is. Uh, it really is good. I enjoy it a lot. It's great music. Josh is great, and he's talented. Have you seen him play the fiddle? Yes. And he plays the guitar. He plays the fiddle, and and that's to me as a musician. That's what I sit and go. Yes, please. Can we have more of that? Oh yeah. Show up. Stand up there. Play your instrument. Play it well. Yeah. You know, and 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 he's brilliant. So that's that's a it's a good way to head. That's a great CD to have. Yeah, and and you have the CD um, Hillbilly Soap Opera. Mm-hmm. Is that is that CD? Uh, does that have Together We're Ten or Together We're Ten is newer than that? Together We're Ten is newer than that, and it's coming up on the new record that's going to be out this fall. Okay, yes, but All you right. can you know buy it on Spotify. You can steal it online. Do we have a name for that album? But we don't yet. It's okay. that fresh. All right. Well, I like that Together We're a Ten song. I, I think that's really fun. It's a song about two ugly people that make each other look good together. Yeah. Um, And people go, you can't say ugly people, but I feel like in the song you give, you get more points than the girl does. I know. I mean, uh, well, she calls me a four. I call her a six. Oh, okay. I thought it was, all right. I felt like it was the other way around. Here's the thing. The woman always has to win in country songs, you know? Earl, Earl had to die. Dixie Chicks. Oh yeah, Chicks won always. You know, there's a song. Who is this guy? It was just this Bobby Bear. He has a song uh, about um, uh, where he, where he's calling the woman. He's he's tell, he's judging the woman, and, and then she turns it around on him. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what song is that? Bobby Bear's genius. Um, Mel Tillis has one like that too. Coca Cola Cowboy. That's, okay, that's a great one too. But yeah, yeah, the woman always wins. Yeah, this one's like he's like telling her he starts he starts breaking down the way she looks, uh-huh. and he's like, "All right, so I'll give you a four. Yeah, and then uh, and then she fires back. And uh, we wrote the song, uh, had the idea for the song, and I wrote it. And then somebody said to me after the fact, they said, "Well, that Conway Twitty and Loretta uh, reference that reminds me of that song. You're the reason our kids are ugly. I'd never heard the song." 
I know that song, and now I don't. I don't know who that is. It was Conway Twitty and Loretta Lynn. Oh, oh! Okay. I literally went, "Oh my God, that is a great uh, reference." But that's not what we were referencing. We were just talking about, you know, two people: Mississippi woman, Louisiana man. Oh is that my God! Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. And then there's another song on that so- uh, record, uh, "Hillbilly Soap Opera," called "Better Half." Have you heard that one yet? I don't think I've heard that one. Oh, it's so good. All right, I'm going to write that down. That that is a hit too. Bubba Garcia's was one that I is that off "Hillbilly Soap Opera." That is off "Hillbilly Soap Opera." That's the only song on there that was written uh, by someone else other than me. Okay, it was written by the mighty Bill Anderson and Jamie Johnson. Oh, Buddy Cannon. Great. Great people. Super people. Whispering Bill. Whispering Bill, who just got inducted to the uh, Songwriters Hall of Fame. Okay. Up in New York last week. So he's like in his 80s and still on every record that comes out. So. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. I'm a fan. Jamie Johnson. I'm also also a fan of. He's an Alabama boy, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I love the Alabama guys. I mean, uh, uh, you know what we have. Uh, you know, I think we have Hank Senior, Hank Junior, and and uh, Jamie Johnson. That's about all. Yeah. Oh, Jason Isbell, yeah, Jason Isbell and Alabama, right? Rand, oh uh, yeah, Randy Owens, all those guys. But it's real, and those guys showed up to town not trying to be anybody but themselves. And if you look at it, that's kind of what's coming back. Yeah, it's like they didn't show up and you're like, okay, mold us into what you need us to be. Right, they showed up. With, Here's what we are. I mean, Jamie Johnson just doesn't give two craps. Yeah, he was. I watched some. I was watching some, like, uh, I don't know what award show it was, but it was a country music award show. And he was he was, he was nominated, but he wasn't there. Like, they just had a picture of him, and I thought. Yeah, now, were you there at the uh, War Memorial when he came in and sang with Allison Krauss by chance? Oh, I wasn't. Okay, so we did that show down there at the War Memorial. and um, Your show? Yes, sir. The, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. The, uh, Stormy Warren and. Uh, uh, Nashville House concerts. I space here from that. Anyway, uh, Jamie comes in and we have, you know, seven piece band, you know, it's all road players. And we, you know, didn't what, you know, didn't know what Jamie was going to do. And he came in and we practiced for about an hour with him. And we did all Willie Nelson songs and all these great songs. And it sounded amazing. And I thought, okay, these three songs are going to just be amazing. And right before he goes on, Jamie goes, hey, uh, Allison, I'm going to go out there and we're going to do it like they did it back in the 30s. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. He goes, we're going to go out there and we're going to sing with nothing. No microphones, no nothing. Oh. I'm like, it's kind of ballsy. He goes, I hope you guys don't mind. I mean, band's great and all, but watch this. So he walked out there and stood in front of the monitors, just his guitar, and Allison had her fiddle. And they proceeded to sing a whole different bunch of songs by themselves, and it, you could have heard a pin drop the entire time. Wow. And Jamie's just amazing. He's super talented. So it was, uh, that, that might've been one of the best times I think I had at that, uh, at that show, those shows. Yeah. That's fun. So. That and the time that you had Dusty Slay there. Well, that was, yeah. That distant, was, distant yeah. second was Jamie. Yeah. Jamie who? Cause people always are putting me and Jamie Johnson in the same category. There. But the question is, how did you feel about that show? Cause you killed it there. They loved you in there. I had such a good time. I've done, uh, enough things in music to, to where I know that, if, if a crowd is there to see music, mm-hmm. that it's going to take them a second to adjust to a comedian. Yeah. Like, they're like, all right, who's this guy? What's he doing? Where's his guitar? Right. And so it's like, why is that guy sound checking for so long? It's like, just do it. <laughs> Where did, when did you think you had him? Half, at what point during your set? Because I watched your set. When, when did you think you, when you went, okay, I got these people? I think it was at least uh, the second, maybe the third joke. I don't remember the exact set that I did, but I just was like, all right. Once I told my first joke, 
I was like, and they didn't really laugh. I was like, okay, this is going to be a little work. This is going to be slow. What was the deal with the hat? There was something about a hat. I think that the hat was a turning point. Oh, yeah. Well, I have a hat joke where where I say, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, this hat changes me. Mm-hmm. You know, I say. Yeah. If I take this hat off, I say a lot of people don't know because you haven't seen me without it on. And it does change me. That's why I started wearing this. I used to ride through like uh, super small towns and I got the long hair going and I'm like, you know, I feel like a real outsider. I put this hat on. People are like, how you doing? (laughs) (laughs) That was a turning point. Yeah, yeah. It was the hat because people are like, I know that guy. (laughs) But I I say I take this hat off and you're like, oh, but that guy likes rock music right there. Put this hat on. You're like, nah, he's got a rock collection. <laughs> That's the joke. That's what got him. That was magical. I remember looking at story going, okay, this is a home. Run. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, with comedy, if it's not going well, the tendency is to speed up. Right. And the audience senses that. Yeah. I mean, if they see you start speeding up, they go, oh, he's not. He's not confident. <laughs> yeah, he's- so it's like when it's not going well, I just have to, I almost have to slow it down more. Yeah. Like, all right, you're not laughing. That's okay. We're going to be here a while. Yeah. And <laughs> also, the War Memorial gave me this nice uh, glass cleaner here. I don't know if they saw these giant glasses I was wearing. I was like, that boy needs nice. some cleaner. Get him some cleaner. That's yeah, great. But, Art uh, washes away from the, what does it say? Yeah. Let's, I'll read this. It says, Art washes away from the soul of the dust of everyday life. I thought it said dusty there for a minute. Yeah, I mean they were trying to get specific. Little deep, little uh, little lot to comprehend yeah. on a Tuesday. But that was a fun venue, a fun show. You had those, and I don't remember. I'm, I'm I don't remember their names, but that you had the the guy and his daughter, and they they were in my uh, dressing room, and they wrote a song on the spot. Oh yeah, that was great. And he said he had wrote he wrote a song for Toby Keith, American Soldier. Yep. And I saw him on a billboard. I think he's playing with maybe Jamie Johnson at yeah, some venue. Steve somebody. We'll have to go back. He was very nice. So great. He's very nice. And but, so, all right, so we've talked about the show that you did at Zany's and that you potentially would like to do something like that again. I think we should. I think we should, too. And I have a show on August 1st mm-hmm. that we talked about and that you may potentially be able to do. I think we're in town. Um, I don't want to say we're locking it down, but no, we're, tar- we're talking about. But it. I'd like to, I'd like to lock it in, yeah. so that uh, you know anybody listening will will go. Well, we got to go see this, and I'll, I'll, if, if it does happen, I'll bring a guitar and we'll sing some songs you haven't heard. Yeah, that you can't technically play on the radio. Okay, they're, they're genius. That'd be great. So. I know Hannah will be on that show August first. Nice. Hannah's friend Sophia Alexander from L.A. will be on the show, and a guy from Chattanooga, Luke Martyr. Uh, who I just did shows this with this weekend will be on the show. I've heard some of Hannah's stuff too, and she's very funny. Thank yeah. you. This is like the quietest I've ever heard you. I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a woman of many talents. That's great. Are quiet. you from Alabama as well? No. No, I'm actually from Canada. Canada. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great. The great yeah. state of Canada. Yeah, we got a dynamic uh, couple them here, Alabama and Canadian girl. We met in New York. Yeah, she's gotten more Southern because she makes fun of me all the time. Mm-hmm. And now, like, she makes fun of my accent. And now it's like... She's, now I'm just that person. <laughs> she's just adopted it. Um, but the cool thing about being with Dusty is uh, I have never grew up on country music. I didn't really grow up on any music. My parents weren't really into music. But uh, I've been exposed to a lot of music, but not shitty country music. I've been exposed to, like, Ernest Tubb. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, which is, uh, we, that song we listened to, I don't mean to take this, from okay. me, but that Ernest Tubb song, we were, li- and I had not listened to a lot of Ernest Tubb growing up, but, 
I bought a CD mm-hmm. and the song uh, uh, Nearly Lose Your Mind, mm-hmm. where he says, she's going to trifle on you. Yeah. Which, tri- tri- trifle is a word I thought was invented by rappers. Yes. Uh, I'd never heard, so to hear this old guy be like, she's going to trifle on you. But the third line is, uh, it says, if your woman's good, I'll tell you what to do. Give her lots of loving, but watch her closely too, because she's going to trifle on you. It's like, even if she's good, she's yeah. still going to trifle on you. That really resonated in our relationships. Yeah, even if she's good, keep an eye on her. It's so funny because those could be rap lyrics today. That could be a Snoop line. Yeah. You know? That's so great. So what part of Canada, actually? Was it a... Um, so I actually, I grew up on a farm as well. Okay. Um, I grew up in Northern Ontario, um, on a farm and, um, and then I moved to Toronto when I was in my early twenties and I went to theater school and I was an actress and a TV actress. And one of my jokes, I say I'm Canadian famous mm-hmm. and I started doing comedy. So I would make trips to New York city. Mm-hmm. I know you asked me where I grew up and now I just told you half my life story, but that's, uh, yeah, that's it. That's great. Well, yeah. maybe we'll have some fun and hear more about it on August 1st. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, and even if, and if you don't want to do this, this is totally fine. Cause I know that you brought a guitar in just Uh-oh. because it's too hot outside. Yes. But would you have any interest in playing a song? Ooh. If you want to hear one. Yeah. yeah. That'd be fun. Let me get it. It's a, it's a beaut of a guitar as they say. Yeah. I, I mean, leave it in the truck. I mean, you're our first guest mm-hmm. and, uh, I mean, I, I feel like this is, you know, my, when I moved to Nashville, I thought. I love country music. I want to be friends with country music people. And yeah. now I have a country musician in my house. And, uh, it's great, I'm not- too, because you love country music so much that it feels so natural for you to talk to people about country music. Yeah, I love it. I'll teach you a few chords. Okay. And I'm thinking of the perfect song with all the conversations we've had about old country that I want to play. Um... And it is hot out there. Yesterday, I think it was uh, my car registered that it was 103 degrees. I don't know if my car's right, but when it hits that on my car, that means it's yeah. it's hot out there. In Nashville, if you leave your guitar in your car on a day like today, if there's a guitar and a baby sitting there, the police will get the guitar out first. Yeah, just yeah. how, <laughs> just how you can't do that. Um, I'm trying to think what would be a good one to do. Um, yeah, I put you on the spot with a song and. Uh, not the flamingo song. We'll save that one. I put you on. I mean, as you know, as a comedian, what I was on this when I first started doing comedy, I was on this TV show, and the guy, not a, like a morning TV show, and the guy, which is where we met the first time. We were on Nashville radio, and this happened in Charleston. But they were like, the guy said to me before he said, "I'm not going to ask you to tell a joke." I was like, great. And then we're on there, and mid-show, he said, I said I wasn't going to do this, but tell us a joke. (laughs) And then at the time, I I didn't have a lot of jokes, and I wasn't as clean of a comic as I am now. And so, I I mean, my joke was a bit off-color, and he was awkward, and everybody was awkward, and uh, I felt good about it. But I love awkward. Yeah. Uh, So I'm not going to play the song that I want to play. It's a song about hair. Okay. But it's really, really great. I'll save that for that'll be a live one Uh, but yeah I'm going to play a song called Better Half if you haven't heard Better Half I know it's on the record but it's a song about you know marriage and my wife said you know hey you never write any serious songs can you write a song about me once and I go I'm not good at serious but I'll try 
So this is a song called Better Half. All right. It's like this. <clears throat> Still dark when I come to Roll over and hit snooze I walk through the same door Punch the same clock Ask myself the same thing Why do you do this? Then I think about my family Responsibility How it's gonna be all better When I get back To my better half she better have the trailer clean, supper on the stove, laundry on the line, and the lawn better be mowed, better have them kids dropped off, picked up from school. Cause when I get home, I'll have an aching back, gonna be thirsty for a six pack, I'm counting my better half. She was so mad at me at this point. <laughs> Feels real good to put my feet up. With my remote control in my dip cup I drift off, oh man Alarm clock and it's work again But I just keep thinking that I get to come home to my better half She better have the trailer clean Supper on the stove, laundry on the line In the lawn better be mowed Better have them kids dropped off, picked up from school Cause when I get home I'll have an aching back Well, this economy really took its toll on me. I got fired, she got hired, she makes twice the money, and she works six days a week. And you know she brings home all the bread. And I know my role. And when she gets back, do you know what she said I better have? I better have the whole house clean, supper on the stove, the laundry all folded. Our lawn better be mowed, I better have them kids dropped off, picked up from school. I ain't done. I better have a rose petal path, leading to her tub, a bubble bath. Her feet are gonna need rub, better be here to greet her with a kiss and a hug. Cause when she gets home, she'll have a lot on her mind And she's gonna be thirsty for a big box of wine She's counting on me to be It's a full-time job, you see She says I'm lucky to be her better half But I'm the better half I'm the better half The woman always wins, Dusty. That's great, because she does. And I don't know if this is intentional uh, but uh, in the song, but you know, the first two choruses, it's a trailer claimed, yep. and now she's making twice the money, and it's a house. See, I like when people listen. Yeah. It's genius. You, you try to put this genius in. I know. You always say you can't overshoot the audience, but that's genius you picked up. It's true. In the video... You can see the video, the transition. They were in this trailer, then they went to this apartment, then they went to this big house. Oh, yeah. Chick made all the money, and the guy's like, just working his yeah. ass off. So. Now you're working harder. You got more stuff oh, to clean. more stuff. So That's great. Thanks, thanks for picking up on that. Yeah. Yeah. I pre- yeah. I mean, I, lo- I mean, yeah, I love, co- I mean, if I could play guitar, and, and, and I think for me, uh, I could probably figure out how to play some mm-hmm. things, but then I, I can't sing. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like the people who 
who can't play guitar very well. Like, I don't know, let's say a Johnny Cash. I don't know how well he was at guitar, but I don't think he's ever been known as a great guitarist. George Strait's a perfect guy. Oh, yeah. 55 number ones, and he can play maybe one chord. He holds a guitar. Yeah. Just watch him. He sits there and does one of these. But he can sing. He can sing. And then the guys who can't really sing, who make it, are great at guitar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you got to be some of that, or all of it, or none of it. Right. So, but I always, I like songwriting and I like, uh, listening to lyrics. I think it's really fun. Lyrics are great. It's that's, that's again, that's why I got into it. You know, I like to play music, but I love to write songs because of, you know, again, everything's a far side. Yeah. And you know, Toby Keith, I mean, he, he really has turned, we talked about him a a bit just with the, he's really turned, uh, into more of a, a comedic kind of, uh, musician but he said early on that song um that's my house and that's my car like that song who's that man running my life was intended to be a a joke song yeah he's a very very funny individual another oklahoma guy just like rodney and he is so sarcastic and um who's that man is a prime example of nashville gone okay let's make that nashville yeah and then how do you like me now is a perfect example of Toby Keith at his best. Yeah. And yeah, he was, I mean, the Red Solo Cup stuff, the Weed with Willie. I mean, yeah. he's, he's so funny. So funny. And it's like, that's why he sells out and why he's on the cover of Forbes magazine for being the most successful singer-songwriter out there right now. Yeah. So. Hey, did, I, I, I should have asked this when we were talking about it, but the, uh, when, when Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show did the cover of a Rolling Stone, they ended up on the cover, but they ended yep. up as cartoons on the cover. They never actually got their real faces on the cover. Yep. Did you get on cover of Field and Stream? Not yet, but we're working on that. Okay, because that's coming. That's uh, it's got to happen. Yeah, it just has to happen. So yeah, because that was, and I think even Rowan Stone said something like uh, that. What's its names? They didn't even <laughs> really say Doctor Hook on there. Yeah. They really threw him a. They really didn't do them right. Those guys deserved it. And I mean, that's just, I, and I could listen to that song 50 times a day. It's great. Song. And you talked about Shel Silverstein. I actually, uh, I just discovered all these songs. I mean, like even for Dr. Hook, he wrote another one, like Sylvia's Mother. Oh, Sylvia's Mother is the greatest song ever. And, it, you know, he did uh, uh, the, the Winner. I think Bobby Bear did and mm-hmm. Chris Christopherson later and. Boy Named Sue. Boy Named Sue, yeah. And he was he wrote children's books as well and very oh, successful yeah. over there. And, and One's on the Way by Loretta Lynn. Yep, One's on the Way, yep. Uh, just brilliant songwriter. and uh, Almost a whole David Allen Coe album was yeah. written by Shel Silverstein. Yeah, uh, a friend of mine, uh, I never got to meet Shel, but a friend of mine that used to work with him said that he'd go to his house and he said it was like the worst uh, episode of Hoarders you've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And he said it was all papers. He said there was literally envelopes and there was tablets and there was just stuff stacked to the ceiling. And, um, apparently Chris Christopherson went over there to find some lyrics and my friend was with him. And he said, Chris walks in and he said, he'd stand on the porch cause he didn't want to go in the house. But he said, I walked up there and said, you know, we're looking for the second verse to this song. And he said, Shell's like gone, oh, I think I know where it is. He said it literally took him 45 minutes of rooting through papers to find it. He wow. said it was actually on an envelope to a bill that he'd never sent. Yeah. And he said, here it is. I found it. <laughs> and he said it was just crazy the way his mind worked. But, yeah, he was just a complete genius. Yeah, I mean, I, those kit, uh, light, light in the Attic and uh, yeah. Where the Sidewalk Ends, I used to read those as a kid all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and just, 
you know, just what a part of American history. And we went to, uh, so Key West, there was a big thing about him down there. There was a big okay. one for him down there. It was like his second home, apparently. All right. And, uh, yeah, just a huge, huge fan. He must have been a drinker then. He drank a lot. Yeah, because Key West, I went to Key West one. I mean, I quit drinking now, but I went to Key West, and they make you drink in Key West. Well, I say you know you're in Key West when you see a man walking a dog, and the dog's wearing pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome I mean, to Key West. Oh, you were just in Key West. Oh, we were just there. And, man, well, I heard I was there. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you know you were there. Well, that's how it was for me. I went I, on my last day. I was very hungover, and we had booked this like snorkeling thing. And we <laughs> Which had, is a great way to cure a hangover. Yeah. And we had already paid for it, and they were like, the water's really rough today. We recommend not doing it. We'll give you a rain check. But they wouldn't give us our money back, and we were leaving. So we're like, now nah, we're doing it. They were like, we're never coming back here. Yeah. So we rode uh, way out on this boat. And the the whole, what we did, we booked one that we would go way out and then you would snorkel. And then on the way back, you get all the beer you can drink. Mm. So we were like, well, this is perfect for us. <laughs> so we went all the way out there. We got in. The water was really rough. Uh, we were all, my friend, he threw up in the water snorkeling. We were having a hard time. On the way back, we were so sick. We didn't drink any beer. We, we laid down on the floor of the boat and yeah. we almost drowned. I mean, we had signals to, to do our head to let them know that we're okay. I mean, we, we couldn't get back to the boat, but we're like, we're fine. Yeah. We're alive. Yeah, that's Key West. I mean, Key West is just a whole other animal. But I mean, they have, they have booths just set up like lemonade stands where you can get drinks. And then they had what you called a floater. They said, do you want a floater in there? And I was like, what is that? That's like, you can get an extra shot for a dollar. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, of course I want that. I mean, it's a drink within a drink. Right. It's like yeah. you get another one 10 feet away. Yeah. You know? But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's Key West for you. Yeah, I smoked a lot of cigarettes while I was... I smoked so much that I could barely breathe leaving. I had to pick up dip on the way home so that I could continue to feed the nicotine beast. But. I found some cigars. I got on the cigars pretty good. Okay. The cigars and the, the Jack, that was that was my thing. I love cigars now, but I'm, I, wasn't, I wasn't as classy as I am now. Yeah, well, still box wine for me. I don't want to, yeah. you know... Class it up too much, right? Right. You don't want to. You don't want to forget who you are. No, no. I mean, shit. You know, can't buy a Prius, and I can't. Uh, I can't stop drinking box wine. Yeah. So. Well, uh, I mean that. Uh, I mean that's all the stuff I have. We're at fifty-five minutes. I mean, magical. I feel like that's great. I think it's great. Let's go out on a high note. Yeah, and I appreciate you coming out here to do this. Thank you for inviting me. This and, is great. And Amanda, we didn't. We didn't. I didn't introduce you, and I apologize. That's okay. I'm usually in the background. I'm I'm the one passing the notes. Yeah. If you want to keep this under an hour, you should probably just let her do her thing. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) Well, I, yeah, I appreciate it. I, I mean, uh, you know, I had met you at the, um, I don't remember what Nashville TV station it was, but you guys were on there doing something. And I think that you had a dog or maybe somebody else had a dog there and it was just, and, uh, it was a rescue dog. Uh, like the pet people had a rescue dog. We were both on uh, Kelly Sutton's show. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. I had a lot of fun on that show. They were very nice. Great. And then, uh, and then, yeah, you invited me to do the War Memorial thing, which was a great show. I loved it. I just love being part. I love. I mean, to me, being able to be amongst country musicians and do some comedy is really fun. Well, I think it's going to come down to you and me. Uh, you know, taking the drive, the, the steering wheel. You know, Jesus, take the wagon wheel. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yes. And just round them up and get them together, and let's do something fun. Yeah. So. 
Thank you for having us. Great idea. I love that. Yeah. Now that I've seen you guys together, I think it was perfect. I think yeah. it's great. I know we'll have fun. We won't yeah. not have fun. Let's oh, put it that way. let me ask this. Bro, we have five minutes. Okay. What about the name Joe Denham? Mm-hmm. I know that Denham, I don't know. I, I, I imagine that is not your real. I looked on Wikipedia yeah. and you had a different last name. Yep. So where does Denham come from? What? So. Because. If, was, if if I think if the the last name is denim, I always expect to see you wearing a lot of denim, and I don't. Right now, you have no denim on. Right, I'm dressed like a uh, a golfer, well, a tennis player. But there's a tennis court close. Yeah. So and um, people people ask me if I make up my name, Dusty Slay. They always ask if I made that. You know, and I and I Dusty is uh, not officially my legal name, but uh, it's close. Yeah. It's um. Well, it was a drunken moment. Okay. Um. You know, I grew up as Joe. Everybody called me Joe, but my real name is Joel David Brentlinger. Okay. And that's not fun to say. Brentlinger. Okay. Yeah. I think it means small brown dog with little value. <laughs> okay. I think. It's like not something you want to run around saying, hey, I'm Joel Brentlinger. Uh, but uh, Joe Denham, one night we were uh, at, a, at a thing drinking, and a buddy of mine and I came up with, uh, we said, look, if we're going to take over Nashville, we need some real Nashville names. Yeah. And he literally, this guy is so funny. He looked like... Uh, Ted Nugent, you know, he had the oh, hair yeah. and the big goat. He's just a rough looking rock and roll guitar player. And he stands up and screams out, my name is Roy Wrangler. Roy Wrangler. Everybody kind of looked around. Was like, nice to meet you, Roy. It's like a thing with your hat. You know, it's yeah. like all of a sudden, you know, they went, well, he's one of us. His name's Roy. Yeah. Pretty cool. So I'm Roy Wrangler. And everybody's like, oh my God. Roy. And they said, well, who's your friend? And without thinking, I go, I'm Joe Denham. <laughs> That's great. That quick. And then we decided we'd have this little thing and we'd get a, a midget version of him and we'd call it Corduroy. But that never happened. We couldn't okay. find a midget. You can't find a midget in this town without an agent, by the way. Oh, yeah. I bet. I'm, I'm not even making that up. And your brother has a, uh, since you've introduced me now, I feel like I can talk. Mm-hmm. Your brother has the tribute band, Jimbo Pleather. Yeah, Jimbo Pleather. It's a Joe Denham yeah. tribute band. Oh, I love it. And it's so funny. I didn't notice this, this until uh, the other day. I don't know if you caught this, but we're shooting a video this week to Together We're at 10. And Jamie Jean, the guy that's doing all the video work, is uh, Jamie Jean. Jamie Jean is his name. He's an Alabama boy. Joe Denham and Jamie Jean. But he, the name of his company on Instagram is the Gene Pool. Oh wow, that's great. And it's not even related. It's like so weird. But anyway, yeah. It's, so that's how Joe Denham came about, and uh, it's so funny because uh, sometimes people ask me, they're like, uh, "So you still working in Nashville?" I'm like, "Yeah." Like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm working with this Joe Denham guy. And they're like, oh, we heard he's kind of an asshole. So you got two people. You got two people that know me as Joel and you got Joe. So it's so funny. But yeah. Oh, that's a, funny. So Joe Denham. So you get to find out what people think about you. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I love it. I'm, I'll play it up. But it's, it's to the point now where nobody knows Joel Brentlinger. They just know Joe Denham. Yeah. So. Well, that's the, that, you know, for that, that's the nice thing about, uh, being a comic that's not as well known, right? I go come up to shows and people will talk to me about the show before. I'm like, yeah, I heard it's pretty good. I heard that guy's pretty good in there. Yeah, yeah, it's great. You can just have so much fun with it. Yeah. So well, cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on here. Oh, and and is there? Uh, what about some places that people could find you if they want to look up your stuff? Uh, JoeDenham dot com. JoeDenham dot com. JoeDenham dot net. Okay, I got them all. I went and got them all. All right, that's smart. GoDaddy. Yeah. And then um, on Instagram, it's the real Joe Denham. Okay. Apparently, there's another guy out there. Never met him. Never heard of him. But at the real Joe Denham. And then um, on Facebook, it's uh, at Denham Joe. Okay. And you can stay up with what we're doing and where we're gone. And 
Great. Yeah. And check out these songs. I mean, I, I checked out just uh, Spotify has. Yeah. I think, I mean, if you type in Joe Denham on Spotify, I think there's like 10 songs on there. Yeah, there's 10. There's going to be a bunch more. Uh, like I said, we got a new record coming and um, it's going to be a lot more of the true stories. But they're all funny and they're all not. Uh, I don't feel like it's goofy or any. It's like it's funny. While also being good music, there you go. You know, that's and what that, we're after, and that's what I think is because I think that sometimes people get too campy with things, and it's like it's like you still have good music, good guitar riffs, and 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 actually, uh, I was thinking that about. Um, I think that was the Pink Flamingo Blues I was listening to today. That I was like, musically, this is great too. I'll play that for you live. Okay, be good. cool. Well, thank All you, right. Dusty. Yeah, thank fun. you. All right. Rimmer's been flying around about me and you. That don't ever end. California's been calling you Conway Twee. <laughs> yeah, well, Nashville's been calling you Loretta Lynn. Woo! Can't believe they thought we're pretty enough to put on People Magazine. And TMZ. Cause I was fat and now I'm skinny and now I'm sponsored by Wrangler Jeans. We might be a couple of boozers Well, you might be a four You might be a six But together we're a ten